0: the city that started it all it's a beautiful day. what a priceless goal that could prove to be Sky he's going to unleash one. Oh! sheffield wednesday celebrate really billy sharp you do not leave that man unmarked in the box sheffield united have the lead the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.
1: A very good evening to you. Welcome along to Thursday Night's Football Forum here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. It's the 4th of March and thanks for joining us. Joseph Hatfield here to guide you to the latest action. Josh Chapman and Connor Thorpe providing the analysis as always. Evening, fellas. Good evening. Good evening. It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and all the big talking points as well from across British football. Now, we're back once more for our midweek reviews as we focus on the Steel City and take half an hour out of your evening for the red half of Sheffield as we look back at Wednesday night's game in this Sheffield United midweek review. So, coming up. didzy with the McGolden touch. United see a glimmer of hope as Jags sees yellow, then a very harsh red. The Blades with a 1-0 victory over Aston Villa. We'll also look ahead to the weekend's action as United take on a team that's even more out of form than themselves. Uh, hosting Southampton. As for the round of
2: unpredictable six of the best concerning United and Wednesday. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on your smart speaker, Alexa, play "Shoe Football Forum."
1: We are still Sheffield United's number one football show. This is Football Forum, and it's live. So, thanks for joining us for the Sheffield United midweek review, and we're going to get straight into the action by looking back at last night's action between Sheffield United and Aston Villa. And United, well, uh, it was a game that they hate playing at Villa Park. We all remember the VAR and Hawkeye controversy. And uh, United... They love playing it at the lane because they've won both previous encounters when Villa have visited S2. And in fact, they won by three on both occasions. So the omens were good for this one. Let's see what happened in the company of Andy
0: Giddens. Out it goes as a lovely cross ball to Baldock on his left boot. He shoots, Daisy Cutter, Chance. McGoldrick turns it in! and Sheffield United have taken the lead and it's their leading scorer who just had to nudge the ball in to an empty net after an attempt by Baldock right place, right time, right on cue, half an hour gone it's Sheffield United 1, Aston Villa 0 now Villa themselves look to try and stretch things a little and a foul by Jagielka on El Ghazi. It will be a yellow card VAR are getting involved as to whether the challenge from Jagielka was a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. The referee has rescinded the yellow card, he gets out the red card and Phil Jagielka has been sent off here for Sheffield United. Sheffield United there up against Aston Villa and Connor
2: has the details. Yep, Sheffield United with a win it proves that they're still fighting despite their lowly league position. It's only the fourth victory of the season, a 1-0 win over Aston Villa. And the goal, the only goal of the game, arrived on the half-hour mark. David McGoldrick starting and finishing the move, playing a wonderful crossfield pass. Out to George Baldock, who cut in, had a shot, and it found McGoldrick at the back post, who steered it in. Second half, United's task was made a lot, lot harder. Phil Jagielka sent off very harshly for, well, a professional foul, but I think it's pretty debatable. Um... And Aston Villa then pushed for the equaliser, but they couldn't find a way through Sheffield United's sturdy defence and the Blades held on to claim their 14th point of the season. Is what Chris Wilder said.
3: Any result in this division is huge. Uh, Any win in this division is an outstanding win um, because of everything that I talk about or I've talked about openly and honestly. Um, Not just this year, last year and, uh, and my last three, three and a half, four years, whatever it is at this football club. I don't think anybody from Villa can complain anything about some of the decisions that have gone against us. One of the biggest of all time has gone against us, so maybe I think if there was a complaint by anybody from them, maybe they, I don't know, need to maybe check themselves a little bit because we've been on the receiving end of some poor decisions. One, two at Villa Park. The John Egan one for me still is is a really poor decision and even that, you know, you've seen the change of opinion. Uh, on, on sort of the Matt Target challenge on Bash we wanted to bring it all up but yeah I've got a memory like an elephant so I'm going to I'm going to remember stuff and uh, I don't think we were ever ever going to come out and uh, you know dominate dominate um, uh, the game when we go down to 10 uh, and I think Jake's decision is, is, a, is a really harsh one but um, off the back of that Players had to stand up, dig a little bit deep, give a little bit more, and, and they certainly did that.
2: So, a massive win for Sheffield United, if you still consider their season alive. If you don't consider their season alive, then you probably think it's too little, too late. Chappers, I know you probably think it's too little, too late, but you know we've had a lot of negativity on the show this year from both camps. Uh, let's talk about this game in isolation. I think you've got to be pretty pleased with that.
4: Yeah, absolutely delighted, and uh, and not a result that I saw coming. Um, I was fairly pessimistic um, on the show on Tuesday, talking about how I thought we were going to lose. Um, I thought Villa would probably just find a way of, you know, nicking nicking a goal, tie game. Villa, like I had alluded to on Tuesday, actually, Villa hadn't scored a great deal of goals um, in their last five or six games or so. But I thought they'd probably just have enough, especially with some of the players they've got, you know, know, El Ghazi and Ollie Watkins, Bertrand Traore. um, You know, big big names for them um, and players that have done really well this season uh, for Villa and and got them to the place that they are in the table. Obviously, without Jack Grealish, it it became a slightly easier task. Uh, But I thought we played absolutely excellently. And I, I just sat there thinking, well, why have we not played like this for the rest of the season? You know, I just... I thought we were absolutely outstanding. Um first half, whilst I, I thought we started the better with the two teams, I thought Villa grew into it a little bit, but I don't really think they really threatened. Um I thought we looked fairly fairly comfortable with the ball. At times I thought same old story in terms of final third losing the ball quite cheaply and a slight lack of quality. Um but I thought overall we played all right first half. And then, you know, an excellent goal from McGoldrick from started and finished himself. Um, I think he took, I think it was either uh, Marvellous Nakamba or Jacob Ramsey. absolutely sent for an hot dog turning him. Sent a lovely crossfield ball to George Baldock, who brought it down nicely cut inside and had a pop with his left foot. Um, it were definitely a pop, by the way. It definitely weren't a pass. He definitely didn't mean that. He, uh, he went to, to find the bottom corner himself. But, you know, my goal drifted in completely unmarked. Um, and that's not an easy finish by the way you know the pay, the ball was coming at a proper pace not an easy finish at all um and then second half we were absolutely outstanding defensively um a very questionable red card to say the least i was not happy with that um i was i just well it's just another one to to put on the list of absolutely horrendous var decisions that have gone against us um and have happened this season in the Premier League. There's been some absolute stinkers. I thought the referee got it spot on on field. I thought it was a yellow card. Yeah, fair enough, didn't disagree with that at all. But I don't know how he's given a red. I don't know what Graham Scott's seen there for him to give a red or not seen as the case may be. Um, But a shocking one. But then we defended like, well, absolute madmen. Bodies everywhere. Um, I thought John Flake was outstanding. Ollie Norwood, who I've given some absolute hammer to, in the last couple of months, I thought he played really well. Uh, Kian Bryan or Kian Davis, as Karen Carney called him, um, Ethan Ampadu, I thought they were all outstanding, and, and Aaron Ramsdale. You know, again another another good performance from him, putting on some great saves when it was necessary. Um, and it was great to get a, that winning feeling back, um, and to hold on in the manner that we did in the circumstances. I thought was uh, was really excellent.
2: You mentioned the, the outstanding defence. I think it's got to be said as well, without any of the, the first-choice back three, uh, we know that O'Connell, Basham and Egan all injured. Yeah, there's some great performances in that back three from Sheffield United. Joseph, anything you'd like to add on, on your thoughts on on that performance and massive win for United?
1: Oh, wasn't it just? It's a huge three points. And, uh, you know, United this season, they can never 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 do things quite so easy, can they? Uh obviously going a goal up and then uh, going down to 10. No, I'll agree with Chapa's absolute stupidity. Uh, like, for example, how has he given a red there? I can understand where he's probably coming from in the sense that it looks like it's last man. But as we said, we've got Baldock sprinting back. You've got Brian that's coming over to, uh, to try and potentially get there. So I don't think it's a red. I think what's happened is he's gone with a yellow, thinks it's right. VAR's come in his ear and said, oh no, we're not sure about that. Go and have a look at it. And then obviously in his mind, he's thinking, oh, hold on. I'm not too sure now. So uh, no, I don't think it was a red and uh, it just makes our defensive uh, issues even worse, doesn't it? For uh, for Saturday. But yeah, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And um, I thought quite a few players had a had a fairly decent game, uh, Rian Brewster. Although he didn't do too much, in all honesty, he didn't do too much wrong either. Uh, fairly decent shot in the first half from uh, from sort of twenty yards or so. I had power behind it. Um, I thought Oli Burke had a bit of a bit of a poor night as well. And to be fair, that's you, you expect that if a player comes on as a substitute in the sort of fiftieth minute and then gets hooked in about the seventy fifth. So. Uh, he knows he'll uh, obviously need to do better, but uh, once they had gone down to 10, I think they were calling for, for more defensive solidity.
4: I'm not sure, to be fair, just touching Oli Burke, I'm not really sure he could have done a great deal more than what he did in that game, because the way the game was, we were down to 10 men, Aston Villa were just throwing wave after wave after wave of attack, you know, his job was just to stay up front, try and win the ball, which he did do. You know, he got in behind on multiple occasions or, you know, picked up a loose ball or, you know, beat defenders. And I thought it did cause defenders problems. But I think where Burke falls down a little bit is, is knowing what to do with the ball. And I think part of, the, part of his issue last night was that he got, you know, crowded out before any United players could get near him because we were all camped on his own. 18-yard line that we couldn't get players forward to support him quick enough. And as a result, you know, he he couldn't, you know, he he lost the ball fairly, well, what seemed fairly easily um, to to Villa's center arms. But I thought, I don't think he did that badly, um, in fairness. But I think, I I think it was sensible to bring McBurney on. Defensively, I think McBurney is a lot more solid. Um, And I think, you know, I've seen time and time again from set pieces, McBurney winning, you know, winning the ball, winning headers, clearing it away. Um, and I think he provides that you know, that little bit more defensively which we needed last night um, in, in that kind of final 10-15 final minutes
2: Chris Wilder's saying up. I think it was Chris Wilder that said that McBurney was basically playing centre-half at the end of the game to try and grind out those points and United although I didn't see the last 10, 10 minutes I think it was because Wednesday had kicked off, I have to say it was a very disciplined performance from United um, I think that's fair to say and And obviously breaking down an Aston Villa defence who have been very, very good this season. Um, Does the the key question, and I think we always, you know exactly what's coming, I can see after a United win, we always think, oh, could it just be, could it be a result that kind of starts off a run? I don't know, you know, is there any hope for United now?
4: No, there isn't, and I, the reason I say that the is because I don't is to
2: want to get carried away. I like well, that's it.
4: it. Into I don't I don't want to get carried away. I look at look at the fixture we've got coming up. It's, we've got a big game this weekend against Southampton. You got, then go and play Leicester away. And we'll forget about the FA Cup, but you've got the FA Cup in there. You got to play Leeds away. You've got Arsenal at home, Wolves away, Brighton at home, Spurs away. You know you've got some difficult teams to go to. Everton away from home, Newcastle away from home. Despite the fact they're absolutely terrible, they're not. You know they've still got. Plays to hurt you and can grind out a defensive performance if you need to so I, I look at the gap and think this what there's a 15 points between us and Newcastle now or something well, it's, like it's that 12, 12 now points but, now 12
2: but pretty much everybody has a game in hand on yeah you. Uh, exactly obviously far from any guarantee that that game in hand is going to be won by anyone yeah yeah absolutely
4: yeah 12 point gap you know nine uh, no 11 games to go um yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? We we could do it another eight and nine wins, and I just I just can't see that happening. I always think it's left. pretty
2: bad when the you've got less games than there is a point gap, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so when the yeah. when the games left is is less than the point gap, but they're not impossible, I guess. Joseph, have you completely given it given it up as well, or are you gonna? I have haven't a given it up.
1: <laughs> I haven't given it up just yet. I mean, I know I've said in sort of in January that yeah, we you might as well put the R next to our name. But I don't know. I mean, I really want to see what happens in the next couple of games because obviously, at least for the moment, we're still in the FA Cup, even though we're about to get thumped by Chelsea in a few weeks' time. We're technically still in it. So there is a little bit of a glimmer of hope. But I reckon... I reckon definitely the next the next couple of games will will uh, will determine uh, which way we go whether it's uh, whether we do have a chance and uh, one thing I will add on the uh, the VAR and the red card decision because obviously uh, one of our old friends Keith Hackett uh, chap as you were you were saying on twitter last night interested to know what his view was and uh, he is in agreement with us he uh, he believes that the referee got the judgment correct on first view it was not the denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity and um, Keith Ackett thinks this because there was a covering defender and he believes would have challenged for the ball which I assume is probably Kean Bryan so uh, there you are VAR cocking things up once again and uh, a bit of just desserts from, uh, from earlier on in the season when Egan got sent off for a similarly ridiculous VAR red card anyway attention for United does turn to the weekend and Southampton and that's our focus in the previews next
4: This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum. You're
1: with Football Forum for the Sheffield United Midweek Review. Much appreciating your company. So as we say on to the previews and Saturday's action brings the first three o'clock kickoff in, I think, since January, since Crystal Palace. Yeah. So uh, quite a while ago. Um, it is Southampton, a team that we know are in absolutely horrendous form. And I think it's, I could be right in saying, but I think it's one point or two points in the last six or something like that. So they've been absolutely horrendous. And uh, on the back of a, a victory like that, Chappers, anything is possible. But uh, as we say, with Jagielka now adding to the, to the people that aren't going to be available in defence, Ender Stevens at left centre-back and uh, Ben Osborne at left wing-back, methinks.
4: Yeah, i will be interesting to see on, on which way Chris Wilder goes with this, actually. I mean, just talking about um, Southampton, they've not won a league game since the 4th of January. I didn't actually realise how bad a run they were on. 4th of Oof, January, they've, they lost in the league that, that
2: game. That was the day that lockdown got announced. It was. Right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That's how long I, ago it was. I playing football, coming back, and obviously lockdown being announced, and Danny Ings had put Southampton one nil up. But that's yeah. beside the point. <laughs>
4: that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They've obviously won a couple of times in the FA Cup since then against Arsenal, Shrewsbury, and Wolves. But yeah, they've they've lost oh my days seven out of the last eight, and drew the other one against Chelsea one one. I didn't actually quite realise how <sighs> bad form they were in. They're even. They're in even worse form than we are at the minute. Um, but yeah talking about sense you know defensive issues yeah where do you go um i found it interesting actually that we we actually instead of going to a back five we went to a back four um didn't try and replace um phil jagielka um with somebody else and i i kind of in a way i kind of hope we don't do that again if that makes sense because i just thought when when we've done when ender stevens has played at left hand back in in the past this season i think he's been an absolute bomb scare um, and has given goals away so cheaply. He's not a centre-half. He's not tall enough to be a centre-half. You know, he's not physical enough to be a centre-half for me. Um, and he had, he just hasn't been good enough. And, and like I say, I, I hope that – and I don't think it will happen, but I, I, I can dream. But, yeah, I, I would hope that we kind of stick with that back four that we played with um, last night. Um, and then that flat four in midfield, I thought Ben Osborne, um, I, I'm a big fan of ben, ben Osborne, and I do feel a little bit sorry that he wasn't, well, hasn't been getting his chance at left wing back uh, ahead of Ender Stevens, who I think has been quite poor recently. Um, but I thought he, he slotted into that left left midfield role quite nicely. And then you obviously had the, the likes of Fleck and Norwood um, in that centre midfield pairing, launched from on the right, um, and then, Obviously, we won't be playing a lone striker if we ended up playing 4-4, four, four, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'd be interested to see which way Chris Warder sets up. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know. What, what do you do? He, he jokes about it, but do you stick somebody like Oliver McBurney at centre-half? You know, he'll, he'll do your job. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put it past him, get him sent off within the first 20 minutes because he's stuck a proper striker's challenge in. But, yeah, who do you put there? And I would be interested to see whether Chris Wilder goes sticks with a back four and has you know Ampadu and, and Brian as a more traditional right centre back, left centre back um pairing, or whether he goes to a back five. I think if he goes to a back five, he'll end up sticking Stevens in at left centre back. Um probably probably Brian at centre half and then Ampadu staying at right centre back. But yeah, I'd be interested to see which way he goes.
1: It is going to be interesting, and we shall see how Sheffield United go on on Saturday afternoon. Score predictions for this one, then, uh, as we say, Southampton currently in 14th in the table, but they well think uh, only a few months ago they were topping the Premier League and fighting for those European spots. Now they're slowly sinking down the table as Chappers makes a quick uh, prediction
4: change. Let's see what he's going for. Yeah, I, I'm well, I'll be honest to say, yeah, being caught out. Hands up, fair enough. Adfield caught me out, changing my prediction. I, I, I was going to go 2 0 Southampton, and that was before I realised how bad Southampton had been recently. Having said that, you know, we saw against Liverpool when we played them that we can help any team change their form around. So if Southampton were going to win any game, it'd probably be this one. Uh, but I'm going to go for a 1 1 um, in this one. I think if we show anything like the, the kind of desire and defensive. Um, solidarity that we showed last night. Then I think we'll get something out of the game. Um, we we want to be catching Southampton cold a little bit. You know we want to be capitalising on this poor form. They won't want to to carry on this poor form any longer than they have to. Um, and I know they've struggled with injuries. They they really have. I'm just looking now where they are in the uh, Premier League injury table. They've only got eight players out, and and you know big players for them: Walcott, Walker, Peters, Minamino, Gineppo Lots of big plays for them. They have really struggled with injuries, just like us, uh, and that won't have helped. Uh, but yeah, I think we, we might be able to get something out of this one, 1-1. Uh, one, one.
1: So 1-1 one, one for Chappers. United, you don't need to tell me to tell you where they are because you know, 20th. Uh, but on 14 points now, it is on Sky, three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 United victory, which is very rare uh, considering uh, how they've been playing this season. But... You never know, United, they they can get a 1-0 out of games and I think this could be one of them, Southampton, as we say, in that poor run of form. Hopefully, they can keep Danny Ings quiet if he's playing. Who knows? Uh,
2: Connor? Um, yeah, I think building on your point about Southampton having loads of injuries, um, I think you can get a, a taste look just by looking at the bench that they put against Everton and the, the squad numbers of those players. So, number 65, Watts, came on. Number 40... <laughs> Dan and Lunderloo, who's a football manager hero of mine. (laughs) Um, Had him on loan in League One, and I now have signed him up permanently. But beside the point, he came on. You've got um, Jankovic at 64, who I'm told is very good. Um, You've got number 31, which isn't anything special. And you've got number 47 and number 72, two youngsters who I'm not familiar with. So Southampton are filling their bench with kids, although to be fair, I think United haven't been able to name the full compliment of subs a lot recently um not without kids anyway not without kids and they've had a couple have mm-hmm. gone on there hackford mm-hmm. gordon is it um, yeah uh, mcguire lauren um, yeah so, oh god frankie Maguire. you, you may, I, you may as well i mean to be fair having nine subs it kind of put, it creates that impression because it's more than you need but anyway i think united will win this one actually um southampton's form has been absolutely dire and uh You know, if you take the record of, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think their record in 2021 is probably the worst in the Premier League. And it's definitely worse than Sheffield United because United have picked up a a few victories, Uh, whereas Southampton have just picked up the one, which, funnily enough, was against Liverpool not once since then. Um, Picked up some really devastating defeats in between that, conceding a lot of goals, the three at uh, Leeds, uh, the three at Newcastle, obviously the nine at Man United. I'm not expecting anything like that because United don't really score too many goals themselves. But I think if they defend the way they did against Aston Villa, I think it's going to be difficult because you're asking a lot of players who probably, you know, aren't, aren't first choice for the team who are bottom of the league. It's it's, it's a big ask. Um, and we'll have to see what happens with the appeal. If Are they appealing for the red card?
4: I, I don't think they will. Uh, I've not heard anything they may as well. Even,
2: if they've got a Can chance. the appeal? The genuine question. Can the appeal? Yeah.
4: Because I know they can. You can only. You can't appeal every red card, can you? I don't really I think, know. How I it. think. I think you can. But
2: you, I mean, there is there is grounds for appeal there. Surely, even if it gets you'd, turned down, well, you think, think surely. So, yeah. But I, I think I think every team's got to go on a run at some point, and I think United might go on a little run. I'm not saying you'll do anywhere near enough to stay up, but um, this might be a little run for you.
1: So a one nil to United for Connor I was gonna say if United score nine past Southampton, I will get Southampton nine on on a united shirt uh, this next week. I'll tell you that now. Uh, the first edition there of uh, Connor's football manager at, at Crew uh, for series three of top of the forward. league
2: top of the championship in my third season so uh yeah, it's going incredibly well.
1: It's been a while since we've had that, uh, so uh, that is that. And there's uh, there's more predictions in just a minute. But with United on Wednesday, finally returning to uh, to normal once a week, it means it gives us a little bit of a break at least.
2: That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not
4: a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2-1 defeat away at of Figan. Connor Conor... Figgin, I don't know. Where's
2: Wigan. that come I'm from? Tight.
4: The biggest guess.
2: Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers. guys.
1: Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So Leah. <laughs> Josh
2: Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was uh, an absolutely massive win. Cardin already. <laughs> <laughs> Card- Card- wow. Cardin already. I
1: can't
2: <laughs> believe I've just said <laughs>
1: We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum Thursdays from 5.15,
4: only on Shoe Radio.
1: Yes, Football Forum back next week, uh, back hopefully to our usual Thursday slot. Right, on to another round of Unpredictable. And, uh, well, it's not finished yet, but let's not get our hopes up because uh, there is one more game tonight, Liverpool-Chelsea. But as it stands, you two are set to score none.
4: Brilliant.
2: In all,
1: honest, in all honesty, I'm only set to score two. So I need
2: a 2-0 Chelsea win, don't I? You do. Well, Excellent. I mean, I, I said
4: last night, rather optimistically, and I know you're going to cover this in a bit, but I said that Wednesday we were going to win 2-0 last night, so that ended well. It did.
1: Um, But, yeah, so uh, realistically, Connor, you can't win because uh, I've also said a 2-0 and chapter said a 1-1. But it means the scores on the doors so far, and it's not, let's be fair, they're not really going to change much more. But Chappers is still on 147. Uh, I'm on 180 now. Um, So there's only a seven point gap to Connor, who's still on 187. As we go into round number 26 for the weekend's action, three involving Wednesday and three involving United. We'll start with West Bromwich Albion up against Newcastle United. This really is a a relegation scrap. Uh, 19th place baggies against the Magpies in 17th. I had to make sure I'd got that one right. It does on Amazon Prime on Sunday at 12 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Connor?
2: I'm going 1-1. I think this is two really poor teams and Newcastle without (laughs) Callum Wilson are probably as bad as anyone. West Brom, I mean, when they're bad, they're really bad. We've seen them go on and concede, you know, three, four, five goals at home quite a few times, even under Big Sam, who's renowned for getting defensive uh, stability at a club. And I'll be honest, I've not actually seen that much of West Brom's games recently. Um, but even the one they'll win against Brighton, you can't tell me that he's, that, that was a, a good defensive performance because Brighton have missed two penalties. X Graham Potter strikes again because they've mm-hmm. missed so many chances. And so, you know, the, out. sorry, underperforming their XG, like, it's mind-blowing how, how how many chances they're missing. And I think that doubt creeps in. And, and West Brom were very lucky to win that. And I don't believe they've turned a corner. And I don't believe they will turn a corner. Um, but Newcastle are also, you know, a really poor... I think this result doesn't suit anyone. I think it probably suits Newcastle more than West Brom. But I think it's two poor teams that will probably get goals from set pieces or something. It'll be a a pretty low quality game, I imagine. So
1: 1-1 for Connor Chappers.
4: Yeah, Connor's absolutely right. I, I fully agree with everything you've just said there. West Brom and Newcastle are two teams that are genuinely absolutely horrendous. And I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle ended up getting sucked in, especially after losing Callum Wilson, who... You know, one man doesn't make a team, but in the case of Newcastle, he really has been their team a lot of the time this season. Uh, Luckily for them, St Maximum has seemed to have come and found a bit of form recently. Um, But, yeah, two very poor teams. I think it'd be an absolutely horrendous match to watch this. Um, Both teams not wanting to lose, both teams setting up fairly negatively. West Brom do have a bit of pace going forward, but it depends if they play it. You know, you've got Mateus Pereira, who has scored a lot of goals for, for West Brom this season, or a lot of West Brom's goals, I, sh- I should probably say. And a lot, well, some of the time he's been sat on the bench for, for Big Sam um, because he's not wanted to. Because
2: he's creative. Yeah, no, exactly. He's a, a bit of a disservice there. No, you're <laughs> right, no, though. It,
4: it's because he, he do not fit the mold of, you know, how West Brom or how Sam Allardyce wants to play. Um, having said all that, I think West Brom will probably just nick it. Um, and I think it'll be. Like I say, awfully tight and not a great deal in it at all. But one
2: nil West Brom, I'm going for. There's no eye in team, but there's an eye in Wilson, and there's an there in, is there's two eyes in Saint. Ma- no, I'm, there's three eyes in Saint Maximum. Is he fit? Uh, he got injured, didn't he? If he's the fit, line. Then, I'll tell you. If he's fit, then you know. Well, he's uh it, oh, it can produce moments of magic out of oh. absolutely nothing, and I believe uh, he got injured recently.
4: Yeah, apparently, undergone scans and will continue his rehab with the club's medical team. Yeah. He's out of action until April, which is
2: another big loss for them, really. It is like the two most attacked, the two like players that they rely on for any sort of goals or creativity. That is a, a massive blow for Newcastle.
3: And I, mean, and I actually I, think
2: it yeah. will end up, I think they'll go down. I think Fulham will stay up. Really yeah, really. Fulham are,
4: well, we've had this conversation about Fulham. I've said it before Fulham love a draw. <laughs> um, and to be fair, though, it's one of those, though, isn't it? You know, if you can average a point a game throughout the season, generally you're going to be all right. And, it, you know, Fulham picking up as many draws as they have done, they've picked up as many, well, they've picked up more draws than anybody else in the table apart from Brighton, wow. who have got the same amount, if that makes sense. They picked up 11 draws this season. And if they can keep picking up results like they have done, they haven't lost in the last five games, Fulham.
1: Yeah. Although yeah. uh, although the Palace Fulham game wasn't much to write home about anyway, and it was speaking not. Of, speaking of which, uh, that plays really well into my hands because I wish I'd have known that before I made this prediction. I'm predicting two-one <laughs> Newcastle. I think it's going to be a barrage full of goals. Where those two Newcastle got, in fact, where all three goals in this game are coming from. To be fair,
2: you don't is- have to be that good to score against West Brom. So the- well, no, because <laughs> even we managed twice. Um,
1: But yeah, I'm saying 2-1 Newcastle, and we we all can see that's going to be no points for me. Anyway, uh, moving on, Brighton in 16th. uh, Are they going to get sucked into a relegation scrap themselves? Well, they're hosting a Leicester side that have been out of form of recent. Obviously, that defeat against Arsenal. Uh, and only picked up a draw against Burnley the other night as well. Uh, third place Leicester traveling to 16th place Brighton. It is on Sky Saturday night eight o'clock viewing for yourselves. Uh, I'm going three nil Leicester. Exactly what I said when they played Arsenal, which means it's going to be three one Brighton. Uh, Chappers.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm not going for um, something that extravagant. I want to go for a one nil Leicester. Um, uh, I guess they'll be slightly disappointed with last night's performance, well, result against against Burnley. Um, probably would have wanted to bounce back a little bit better than that. But they've got a lot of players out injured, you know, Barnes, Justin, Madison, etc, etc. So um, I'm going to say 1-0. And having said that, if Brighton keep missing the chances like they have been doing, then yeah, they definitely won't score 1-0. Right. 1-0 Leicester for Chappers and finish finishes off.
2: I'm actually going 2-1 Brighton. Um... And you're right that they're missing a lot of chances, but on the you can look at that the other way. You can flip it around and say, well, you know they're going to create chances in pretty much every game they play, and they'll create chances against Leicester, and you've just got to hope that they put one or two away. And I think this might be one of those games where they do. I'm looking at looking at that Leicester team. There's not much creativity. The, I mean, the injuries have just been horrific. I think they, the you know, last two years, they're either cursed or they've got a really bad sports science department. It's one of the two. Um, and I, yeah, I just fancy Brighton. To, to I think with Brighton, it doesn't really matter who they play, you always know that they're going to create chances, and that they're sometimes a bit better suited to playing the bigger clubs. You look at some of their recent results Spurs, Liverpool, and then they play the likes of West Brom. Um, and who else did they draw against recently? Uh, that was down there, Fulham, was it someone like that? They drew two yeah, of those but... games, and I don't know. Do, is there a bit of pressure in, there, in the minds of the strikers? I mean, you'd have to go deep into it to see why they're missing so many chances. It'd have to be someone a lot more clever than me to, to understand it. But yeah, I get a feeling that Brighton will, will come out on top and they're pretty resolute defensively as well. Anyway, that is it from Football Forum for this week.
1: Well, that's your lot from Football Forum this evening. So uh, we are back, as we say, hopefully next Thursday to bring you all the action from the Champions League because that's back after a, a little bit of a hiatus, and we'll also have the weekend's action involving United and Wednesday. So, from me, Chappers and Connor, and all the team here on Football Forum, we will see you next week. Take care. Good night.
2: Shoe Radio.
0: Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield
4: and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.